Well, welcome. I really hope today that the message I'm going to share will give us all a new sense of faith and hope and encouragement and vision, not just for the next few days, but hopefully for the next few months as well. Um, Talking of vision, one of the things that I found um, inconvenient during uh, this whole season has been wearing one of these particularly when I have to, at the same time, wear my glasses. So I may be in a supermarket uh, or I may be out in a public place uh, reading a Kindle or something. And the problem is, is that my breathing uh, clouds up my glasses. If Karen's with me, sometimes she'll try and help me out and say, the problem is, Dave, you're wearing your mask upside down. So I turn it around, but still doesn't seem to make much difference. Now, that is inconvenient. My glasses clouding up. I can't really see ahead. But I think there's something else happening for many of us in this season, and that is more serious, and it's that our spiritual vision, our perspective, our hope, our faith for the future often has been clouded. You see, something about the uncertainty of this time means that many of the things that we plan to do uh, uh, didn't happen. And it can leave us a bit disorientated. And rather than having a clear sense of, I know where I'm going, we can be disorientated. And if we're not careful, we can sort of dis- uh, fall back into a sort of survival mentality. Let's just get through this season. And yet the Bible tells us that vision, uh, a true revelation based on God's word, is actually critical. In fact, Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So we need vision. Vision is important for our lives. So what I want to share is more like a prophetic uh, burden, like a short-term vision for the next few months. It relates directly to our um, overall mission as a church. We're still in the business of transforming lives by the power of God's love. It also connects to uh, what we've been running with for the last four years, this whole sense of um, a picture of the river of God uh, flowing um, out to bless many people. And it also relates to our 2020 focus, um, where we began to look at uh, Luke chapter 4 and the salvation ministry of Jesus. And this short-term burden, this, this now word, this vision, is really based on a vision for increasing well-being, a vision for increasing well-being. You see, right now, eight months into this pandemic, as well as the medical health crisis and the economic crisis, um, both present and looming, there is something that in some way is probably impacting all of us, which is in some ways there's a great and widespread mental health and well-being crisis. And you don't have to um, uh, watch the news very much to know that this is a massive issue for many, many people. That's the bad news. But today I've got some good news, which is in the midst of this storm that we're living in, you and I can experience a well-being because ultimately well-being is not just something that's a 21st century Western cultural buzzword. No, if we go back to the Bible, well-being is something that goes right back to God's plan for human beings. God has a plan for us to flourish. Uh, As some of you know, there's an Old Testament word, uh, shalom, that we normally translate in in our English Bibles as peace. But actually, this word shalom, better translation, would be well-being in every area of our lives. It's a picture of a person at peace with God, peace with himself, peace with neighbors, peace even with the environment, well-being in every 
area of our lives. And if we go back to um, the Bible series we've been looking at, and if we almost imagine a timeline of God's vision for our well-being, it's a big picture, long-term vision, um, we'll see that right back in uh, the garden, we have, if you like, original well-being. First human beings in right relationship with God, one another in Eden. Amazing. Then they turn their backs on their creator and we have lost well-being. Their relationship with God and one another breaks down and sin, suffering and sickness, as it were, is opened up and comes into the earth. So we're, we're living in a fallen world. Then if we track through the Old Testament, there are amazing promises um, that there's someone coming who's going to bring an increase of well-being. Um, if you like, promises ahead. Uh, Isaiah 9 verse 6 and 7, you probably know it well. It talks about a prince of peace, literally it's prince of shalom or well-being and of the increase of his government and peace, again, that shalom well-being, they will be no end. And of course, this promise is fulfilled. We get restored well-being through Jesus. Jesus comes and through his life, death and resurrection, he comes to give us uh, the prospect of a restoration of well-being in our lives. So where does that leave us? It leaves us after the second coming of Jesus and the outpouring of the Spirit, the, the prospect of well-being, looking ahead, as we saw last week in Andrew's message about the age to come, waiting for the perfect well-being when, you know, God's going to come, he's going to wipe away every tear. Death is going to be gone. There's no more tears or crying or pain. Everything is going to be made new. So what a glorious day that will be. But in between the first and the second coming of Jesus, in this age of the Holy Spirit, there is the promise that you and I, through Jesus and by the Holy Spirit, can have an increase of well-being in every area of our lives. And that's what I want to speak about today. I want to talk about how we can um, explore this vision for increasing well-being, first for us and then for the people around us. And it's a call to go both deeper and wider. So first, this is a call for us to go deeper to receive greater well-being for ourselves. Now why start with ourselves? Isn't that selfish when the world's in such a mess? Well, when Karen and I uh, fly together, um, we're on an airplane and um, we're getting ready for takeoff and the flight attendant does the, the, the usual kind of presentation um, you know, getting us ready for the flight. Now, because I've seen it many times, I immediately switch off, I'm bored, I carry on reading or something. Karen, who is way more diligent than me, will sit there faithfully giving the flight attendant her full attention as if she's never heard it before. Now, my excuse is, well, I know the punchline and the most important thing, which is when, a, you know, if we go through massive turbulence or a storm and um, the oxygen masks come down, the punchline is this. First, put your own oxygen mask on and then help others around you. And that really is what I believe uh, is so true with well-being. We need to, as it were, attend to our own lives. We need to go deeper. We need to experience a greater well-being if we're really going to help others around us. Uh, some of you have heard my story before, but um, you know, having had an amazing conversion and decades of walking with the Lord and enjoying lots of blessing, about three and a half years ago, not in a really bad place or a crisis, but I had a sense, the Lord saying, Dave, it's time for you to go deeper. 
And I've been on a journey these last three and a half years of getting free from stuff, you know, particularly a whole area of fear that I wasn't even fully aware of. And although I'm still on that journey and I still have battles and struggles, I'm so glad that I made that commitment to obey the spirit and go deeper. Now, maybe you're like me, three and a half years, as I was three and a half years ago. You say, well, actually, I think I'm doing okay. This pandemic season hasn't been that devastating for me. But can I say there's always more? With God, there's always more. Let's not put a cap, as it were, on the freedom and the joy and the peace and the well-being that you and I can enjoy. But I'm also conscious that some of you watching are right in the middle of a huge battle. You know, your heart and your mind, you're bombarded with fear and uncertainty and insecurity and anxiety. Well, I believe this message in this next season is, is going to be massively helpful for you. So... How do we go deeper? You know, if, if we as the people of God know, know God, how can we go deeper? Two things I want to briefly talk about. Firstly, we need to look to Jesus because he's the source of well-being. Look to Jesus, the source of well-being. You know, back to Isaiah 9. His name, he shall be called Prince of Peace, that shalom well-being. So, so put it like this. If Jesus is the source of well-being, if I have him in my life, and can I say, by the way, if you haven't received Jesus, you can do so at the end of this message. But if I have him in my life, then it means that the more I allow his rule and reign, the more I allow his spirit to fill every part of my life, the more I walk with him and talk with him and listen to him and obey him and trust him, the more I'm going to walk in well-being. Because well-being is not just something out there. It comes from Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Why don't you right now just begin to say, Lord, I need you to fill me with your spirit, your spirit of shalom, peace and well-being in a new way. And you see, as we open up our lives to him, we can begin to experience his well-being, his peace flooding every part of our hearts and minds. Um, We've been in Isaiah 9. If we go on a few chapters to Isaiah chapter 26, there's a remarkable promise. It says this, you will keep in perfect peace and in the original it's shalom shalom as if by double emphasis hence perfect peace those whose minds this is where the battle is those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you wow what a promise for the age and the time we're living in right now when there's so much that can bombard us I don't know about you but I've had to battle in this season even you know, with all the good things God's doing against fear and anxiety, um, the, the battle is in the mind. But the promise is that the, somehow if we can walk with God and trust him, he's going to keep us in perfect peace as long as our minds are sta- stayed on him. And then it goes on in verse 4. How do, what, how, does that, how do we do that? Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. You know, if you imagine, you know, we're in such an uncertain and stormy time. Well, there is something that is certain and secure. It's the Lord himself. He's like, he's the rock. And we can, as it were, stand on the rock of Jesus Christ. And we can enjoy a confidence and a peace, even while, while there's a storm going all around us. Now, practically speaking, I, I, I think it's absolutely vital that not only do we pray and talk with God more than ever in this time, But I think there's something about the Word of God, the Bible, that is absolutely key if we're to win the battle of the mind. You see, I I shared a few weeks ago, one of the things I found is not only have I doubled up on my scripture reading and intake, because I need it more than ever to walk in peace, but actually, as well as it were, spending set times in the Word of God is actually to 
take certain phrases or passages into my heart and mind so when anxiety or fear comes, I've, as it were, got a weapon to deal with that. You see, I don't know whether you've ever tried to, and you may be trying to do that right now. Maybe you wake up in the night. Maybe you've been just bombarded with fearful and anxious thoughts and you just can't, you just can't deal with it. We can all relate to that. But rather than trying to deal with anxious, fearful thoughts in your minds, as it were, try and get greater mental well-being through willpower, the key is to replace those negative thoughts by keeping our focus on the Lord. And one of the ways we do that is by focusing on his word. So as I shared a few weeks ago, you know, for me, life-giving verse again, or passage, has been Psalm 23. <clears throat> I've memorized the Psalm 23, both in the, the more familiar international, New International Version, I've known that for years, but also more, brief, more recently in the slightly more poetic Passion Translation. So little phrases I've memorized. The number of times I've just, if fear or anxiety coming at me, say, Lord, you give me a resting place in your luxurious love. And it's like, oh yeah, I can rest in God's luxurious love. Um, and, and so my question to you is, um, you know, what scripture or what passage is God been speaking to you on? Don't just sort of put it on the shelf, take it with you, write it down, memorize it, because then that, that will help you win the battle of the minds. That's the first thing. Um, let's turn to Jesus. Let's look to Jesus, the source of well-being. But secondly, very practically, this is a season when I want to encourage us, all of us, to take next steps. Take next steps on your well-being journey. Now, for those of you who've been uh, around Kingsgate for a while, you'll know that last autumn of 2019, we, we began a focus on this whole um, subject. But here we are 12 months on. And areas that we may have made progress in back then, we may have lost ground since then. And so in the midst of this pandemic, I believe it's more important that we revisit this whole area of well-being. Um, you, you may remember we had this concept of um, like interrelated tanks in our lives and like a well-being dashboard covering areas like our physical, emotional, spiritual, um, <clears throat> relational, financial and vocational well-being. Can I say now's the time to go back and check our dashboard. Um, I, I don't know about you, but you know, I find that if I, I don't want to run out of petrol, it's no good me topping up my, uh, the, 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 the fuel uh, months ago. I've got to do it regularly. And it's the same with our lives. We have to regularly keep assessing where we're at and topping up in those particular areas. It's a time for us to um, take ground again. You know, maybe right now there are areas of your life, as you look at that dashboard, where you're in the red zone. Well, there's a great place to start. What we want to do as part of this next season going into the new year is we want to provide, if you like, a self-assessment tool where you can begin to locate how you're doing in the various areas of your life and then you can take next steps. But as well as that, as well as it were assessing where we are, we've been producing some resources on another whole level than we had last year to help you grow deeper and go deeper in your own well-being. You know, one of the things I, I did in early days of lockdown, I sensed a prompting to develop the resources we had and, and upgrade them as it were. So not only re-editing the, the book, but working at a national level to produce 
um, an eight-part um, film series where we could play out on Sundays in small groups, alpha style, um, course settings, so that we can help many, many people, including those of us in Kingsgate, to go deeper in our well-being. And um, I'm just going to play you a, a short little kind of promo video that gives you a flavour of what's coming up. You'll see the TV presenters, we've got experts, we've got teachers, and we've also got some great um, next-gen resources too. So please watch this. <laughs> Welcome to the well-being journey. And what a journey it's going to be because right throughout this we're going to be exploring why our well-being is so important and how we go about developing a positive well-being mindset. Yes, this series is based on Dave Smith's book, God's Plan for Your Well-Being. But it's not just for Christians, it's for everyone. And every area of our well-being needs to be addressed. Yeah, and well-being covers areas like our spiritual well-being, emotional, vocational, financial and sometimes in those areas of life a little bit like these cars which hopefully have full fuel tanks at the moment but in those areas our fuel tank gauge feels very much empty throughout this series we'll try and help you top up those areas yeah and we're going to be chatting to experts teachers and hearing real life stories so if we look back at the big picture of the bible we see there's a good god who loves us he has a plan for us to flourish and enjoy well-being in every area of our lives. Clean nutrition, sleep, physical exercise, and you're like, whoa, where do I start? I, I often say to people, um, small steps in the right direction over a long period of time uh, have huge benefits to our lives. And I think that's a really kind of biblical, godly kind of characteristic, actually, to not be somebody who easily takes offense, and so to be somebody who forgives easily. I've often thought, you know what, if I really believed the Father knew my name. If I really, truly got, not just in my head, but in my belly, that the Lord of heaven and earth called me his son, how my head would lift. There's some brilliant resources that accompany this series. And there's also a youth course that runs alongside this. And there's lots of youth resources as well. Joanna, how are you feeling today? Oh, Simon, I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you'd like to join us on the journey, we would love you to. So why don't you head over to wellbeingjourney.org. So hopefully that gives you just a bit of a flavour of what we're going to be rolling out in the new year. Uh, but it's not just for us as the people of God, as you heard there. We actually believe that these resources not only help us go deeper, but it will also be a great resource to help us go wider and to share this well-being with others. Uh, back to um, you know, the illustration of Karen and I on the plane. Imagine you're, you're, you are on a plane and um, you know, turbulence is hit and you've managed to put your own oxygen mask on. So you're feeling secure, you know, there's the, there's the life-giving air going into your system, but then you start noticing around you a number of your family, maybe even some of your friends, and they're struggling. What are you going to do? Well, because you love them, you're going to help them put their own oxygen masks on too. But then if you look around the plane, you'll notice that while some people have others who are helping them, there's some people on their own. 
Some people have got nobody else helping them. Well, can I say, if you have just a natural love for humanity, what you're going to do, can I suggest, is that you would take the risk, you'd unbuckle your seatbelt, and you'd go and help them too. And I believe that's a picture of what God is calling us to. Because I think about people all around me, people I know and people I don't know. Some of them, uh, not only do they not um, know the Lord, but as it were, they're experiencing a crisis of a lack of well-being. In fact, all of us need, if you like, the life-giving flow of God's breath, God's spirit, not just for now, but for all eternity. Um, one of our, our team was sharing how she, she went to hospital for a checkup, and the, the nurse got in conversation with her and, you know, was basically asking this particular person, you know, what, what are you focusing on? And this team member started sh sharing about this vision for well-being and the, the well-being series and a well-being course coming up. And um, the nurse thought about it and then she came back 10 minutes later and firstly she expressed um, interest in, 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 the, in the series. But also she said, uh, can my mum come? She really is struggling. She really needs this, this whole emphasis on well-being. And as I thought about that, I thought there's literally tens of thousands of people all around us like that nurse and like her mum, who probably are more aware of ever their felt need for greater well-being. And I believe what we have an opportunity, both through Christmas, where we're going to focus on the Prince of well-being, the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9, and then into January when we, we launch this whole kind of new, this whole new series, is an opportunity to connect people's felt needs for well-being with Jesus Christ, who is the source of well-being. And so while it's important that we put our own masks on that we, and that we breathe in the, the air of the spirit and experience deeper well-being, I believe it's also critical that we go wider and that we share this message and the, 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 this hope with many people around us. I don't know about you, but I, I found um, early on in the, in the days of lockdown, there was a tendency to, if you like, retreat. So much social isolation almost like what it started doing was, was causing a slightly shut-in mentality. But I believe it's important that we, we don't stay shut-in mentally or um, missionally, but we actually realise that in the midst of this crisis, there is actually an opportunity to share the good news with people like never before. I don't know whether you're thinking, oh, what an awful time to, 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 to be alive. What, you know, fancy us living through such a time as this. But I think we can flip it and say, God knew that we would be alive in this time. He knew that you would be in the street or in the family or the friendship circles or the, the works uh, situation that you're in. And so rather than thinking, oh no, what a time is this? Let's flip it and let's take the, the, the prophetic exhortation of um, Esther 4 verse 14. No, we were born for such a time as this. In other words, there's people all around us that God has placed. Some of them uh, we are connecting maybe more regularly with, um, maybe neighbours, maybe people um, who in, in close proximity, um, even with the social distancing. And then, of course, there's multitudes of people online that we can connect to as well. So how do we reach people then in this season? How do we share this message wider? Well, I think there's very simply two, two ways. Firstly, through our actions, through doing good, acts of kindness, in a culture where I think people are more than ever thinking, okay, we do need to reach out to others. You know, you've seen the John Lewis advert, all about kindness. And so what we're going to do this Christmas 
is we are going to lean into acts of kindness like never before, as well as continue to build on decades of serving uh, people in need. Uh, we want to step it up this Christmas. And so we've got a short video that's a summary of some of what we're going to be doing. During this difficult season, one of the key areas for Kingsgate has been to serve our local communities. And we've been able to do this through our community action work and the work of the Food Bank. We're now excited to increase our support for our communities in the following ways. We'll be setting up a debt counselling service for those who are struggling financially during this season. And as Christmas approaches, we're excited to partner with a new nationwide initiative called Love Christmas. Hundreds of different churches across the country are coming together to bless their communities and to spread hope and love this Christmas season. We especially want to help those who've been adversely affected by COVID-19 and those that are marginalised and vulnerable at this time of year. As part of the Love Christmas initiative, we want to provide hampers full of goodies and fun things that families may not be able to afford. We want to bring joy to their Christmas and to practically show them the love of God. For some, the Love Christmas hamper may be the only gift they receive this year. Our aim is to provide a thousand hampers to those in need across our communities. And as a church, we will be giving £12,000 towards making this happen. So thank you to everyone who has continued to give faithfully and sacrificially to the Ministry of Kingsgate during this challenging season, enabling us to partner with this Love Christmas initiative. Life groups will be delivering them across Peterborough, Cambridge and Leicester. Kingsgate Youth will also be getting involved by blessing rough sleepers with hampers too. Our life groups have been serving the community over several years, making a huge difference to those who are in need, giving Christmas hampers at Christmas time. The reason why we do this is that we know it makes a ginormous difference to, to families, giving them things that they would not normally have or be able to afford to have. And that's why we do what we do. So your local food bank is still open, helping to feed those in need. So this Christmas time, if you'd like to continue supporting us, please do visit the website or the Facebook page of your local food bank to see if they're needing food or perhaps a monetary donation. Whilst you're out shopping, you could also donate an item of food to your food bank by dropping it into the collection box that's usually in store near the checkouts. If at this time you're in need of some practical help, then please do visit our Get Help section on the Kingsgate website. Thank you for your continued support as we seek to share God's love with our communities and we look forward to blessing our cities this Christmas. So, isn't that encouraging? You know, all that we're going to be able to do together in blessing people with um, uh, good deeds, with acts of kindness and over the next uh, couple of weeks or so we want to be sharing more sort of creative ideas about how we can all go out and bless people during this Christmas season like never before so that's if you like actions but also we have a message we have a message good news message of well-being you know back to the oxygen mask again we need to as it were um, help as many people as possible put on their own spiritual oxygen mask both for the now and for eternity. You know, if we go back to Isaiah again, there's a wonderful verse in uh, chapter 52, verse 7, that Paul partly quotes in Romans chapter 10. Uh, let, let me read it to you. It says, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That's what we have. In the midst of so much bad news, we have good news. 
who proclaim peace, guess what that word is? Shalom or well-being. Who proclaim peace, shalom, well-being. Who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. And in the midst of probably one of the most unsettled, weird kind of Christmases that many people have ever experienced, I believe it's an opportunity to speak right into the midst of this culture and say we've got some good news. There is one who loves you, who created you, who has a plan for your life, who wants to bless you and give you well-being in relationship with himself. Um, you know, if I look back over the last few months, in many ways it's been, it's been more difficult than ever to, to kind of connect to people, not just family and friends, but people, you know, who we used to connect with. But there's a silver lining in that cloud. Right back in March time, and particularly Easter time, when we started online services, suddenly we found we were connecting with thousands more people. In fact, at Easter, three times more people than we'd ever done before. And even now, several months on, we're still um, having many more people connecting with our online services than before. And then here we are at Christmas. One of the best opportunities that we ever have, and I think probably the high point in the, in the calendar where we can invite people to church. It's, it's, it's even easier than coming to an in-person service, although, you know, I'm so going to miss us being able to do our big celebrations in, in, in our various locations. But, but nonetheless, we have an opportunity just to say to someone, why not just check out this service? And so we want to invite as many people as we can uh, to our Christmas services. Let's introduce them to the Prince of Wellbeing himself. So here we have it, a vision for our increasing well-being. For us to go deeper ourselves and to, sh to go wider and share this message with many others through word and deed. Before we um, conclude, I want to just look at one final uh, couple of verses from Isaiah again. And it's probably the most famous and one of the most important uh, sort of central passages in the book of Isaiah, and it's Isaiah 53. Some of you will know it. It's a picture of the exchange of the cross that would take place 700 plus years after Isaiah was speaking. He was looking ahead to the cross and he reads and, and he, he prophesies this amazing, amazing words. Talking about the Messiah, Jesus, who was and is the Prince of Wellbeing. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace, shalom well-being, was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. In other words, Jesus didn't just come to bring well-being and a message of well-being, he came to pay the price for you and I to receive it. You see, all the punishment, all the, <clears throat> all the judgment, all that's not right in life that we may have been living under, Jesus came and he took it upon himself in a glorious exchange on the cross that we might experience his perfect well-being. Well-being with God, well-being in, in our own lives, in our relationships, and even with our, the world around us. Jesus paid the price for you and I. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take communion. So wherever you are right now, I want to encourage you to join with me. In fact, join with thousands of us in different cities and even in different nations as we take communion together. If you're not familiar with this, this is a reminder of what Jesus did 
on the night that he was betrayed. Um, Jesus was having a meal with his disciples and at various moments in that meal, he basically reenacted parts of what we know as the, the Passover festival that the Jews celebrated. And it was a reminder of what God had done in delivering his people. And so we want to celebrate, and I'd like you to join with me, as we celebrate the fact that 2,000 years ago on the cross, Jesus' body was broken he was wounded, he was scourged, that we might be healed. And so as we take this bread, wafer, whatever you have, just remind yourself with thanksgiving that Jesus Christ died for you, he loves you, and he wants to release healing, well-being into every part of your life, into your mind, your emotions, your body. Right now you may be sick, you may be battling right now. I pray right now as, you, as we take communion together, the power of the Holy Spirit will fill you and free you in Jesus' name. Let's take this together. Wonderful. And now um, we're going to take the cup. Uh, the, the juice, the wine, whatever, whatever drink you've got. And we're going to celebrate the fact that this represents the fact that Jesus, who is the source of all life, gave his life up on the cross. Literally, his blood was shed that you and I might be forgiven and set free. And it may be right now that you, you don't um, really, you're not walking with God. Maybe you don't know him. Maybe you've been away from him and you say right now, I want to come to know you, Lord. Or I want to come back to you. I ask you to forgive me. Why don't you just pray after me? Father, right now, thank you that you gave your son Jesus to be punished, that we might have shalom, peace, well-being. He was bruised for our iniquities. He suffered that we might have life and forgiveness in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, that on the basis of his finished work, I ask you to forgive me, cleanse me. And right now, if you don't know him, why not just invite the Lord to come into your life by his spirit? And then for the rest of us, let's, let's just say, thank you, Lord, that as I confess my sins, you forgive, you forgive me and you cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord, for your blood that was shed for me. I celebrate this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's drink together. And now I pray wherever we are, that the peace of God, the well-being of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will flood every one of our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's go forward during this winter season, believing for an increase of well-being in our lives and then as we share this message to others. And we're going to close this service by kind of like a declaration and celebration of all that Jesus can do. It's actually based on another uh, scripture in Isaiah, Isaiah 61. It's a beautiful song, it's a powerful song of declaration, graves into gardens. Let's sing this with gusto and let's believe for God's peace, his strength and his favour to rest on our lives in a whole new way.